from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm Ramsey personality George Campbell, joined by the one and only Rachel Cruz. And we are here for you, America, taking your calls at 888-825-5225. It is Smart Money Happy Hour, Ramsey Show edition, so we're going to try to have fun if the booth folk will let us. We'll see how it goes. If we're allowed. Renee kicks us off in Charlotte, North Carolina. Renee, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. How can we help? Um, I just first want to say that you both are brilliant educators, so I'm so glad that I can ask you my question. Oh, um, thank you. So I, um, I have a PhD. I tried the professorship world um, and have left and now am consulting. This is my first full year in consulting, and it looks like I'm going to bring in after taxes about 100000 so I'm pretty excited about awesome. that. Awesome. Good for you. Thank you. Um, my boyfriend and I have been together for four years. He finished a master's last year, and we're talking about getting married. Um, but I do not have good feelings about taking on his debt, and I was hoping that we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. How, uh, much, how much debt does he have? He um, took out student loans for his master's program. He has $36,000, um, Part of it is that I thought he was taking out a $10,000 loan. Did he tell you that? He did. Uh, yeah. So is this more about the fact that he lied to you or the debt amount um, itself? The debt amount itself really scares me. Um, I... Um, took out a very small loan um, to get through my PhD. I paid it off the minute I had enough money to. I live way below my means. Um, so you have no debt right now? I have zero debt. Way to go. What's his feeling on debt in general, General Renee? Does he does he want to live debt-free as well, but he just took out these loans, so it's like, i got to pay him back, or is he kind of apathetic about it? Um, he he does. He, um, I, I've introduced him to your work. Um, he doesn't really love debt. Um, we've talked about gazelle intensity, which um, was kind of a sticking point for him a little bit. And then it also kind of seems like, well, you're bringing in so much money. We don't have to do that. Um, his mm. income right now is about 55. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So for me, Renee, what I would look for um, because George and I both are married and <laughs> I can tell you, you know, we're not, I'm not looking for perfection. And when you get married to another human being, they're going to be bringing flaws with them into the marriage as do I bring in flaws to the marriage, you know, vice versa. So we know going into this type of relationship that we're not going to, we're not going to be perfect. Right. So we're not looking for perfection here, but we are looking for similar, uh, a similar mindset, similar value system in which we make decisions. And you can put that on any category of life, but this is, you know, we talk about money the most on this show. So it, this is through the lens of money. So I would want to make sure that the value system at which we make decisions as a family going forward is similar. If it's not, it's just going to cause a lot of tension and a lot of conflict. So it, it is an easier path when you say, hey, we see this together. So for him, if he's like, yeah, I don't want to live with debt either. I do want to live below my means. I want to be wise with my money. Uh, but I did take out $36,000 in debt. To me, I'm like, okay, I can reconcile those two things because going forward, I know that we're going to be on similar paths. We're going to be on a similar path. 
Um, but I am I am accepting this imperfect person into my life, including his imperfect money situation and including you, Renee, right? Your imperfect your imperfections as well going in. So um, I don't know if that makes sense, but for me, it's more about moving forward and saying, hey, are, are we on the same page moving forward? And if we are, I, I accept all of you. And that includes maybe the mistakes that you made when it came to getting out of debt. But I'm choosing to stand before God and our family and our friends and choose to commit my life to you. And that means every part of you. And that includes even for me, the 36000 that we'll work towards. Mm-hmm. paying off mm-hmm. so that's that's my perspective but yeah. i don't know I, I don't know i think the summary of that is the red flag is not that he has debt the red flag is that he doesn't care to pay this off and so that's the part i would really dig into with him because um, mm-hmm. if the tables were turned and you had thirty six thousand and he had no debt you would hope that he would still go all right cool we'll, we'll tack this when we're married and it'll be fine and so mm-hmm. that's the mentality to have because long term, having a partner and having that spouse is the the second greatest wealth building tool that exists outside of your income. We talk about it is an exponential wealth builder. When two people come together with two incomes like you guys have, you're going to build wealth so fast and you're going to knock out this debt so fast. Making 155, let's say he doesn't he doesn't get a raise by the time you're married. You can knock out 36 grand making 155 really quickly. Way yeah. less than a year. And so I'm not concerned about that. I'm more concerned about what does the next 30 years look yeah, like for your right. marriage. And re- remember this too, Renee, um, in the relationship, there's always going to be a nerd and a free spirit. And there will always be a level of tension with that. George in his marriage is the nerd. Yes, Whitney's I'm a the free fuddy spirit. duddy. I'm the free spirit in my marriage. Winston, my husband, is the nerd. So there will all, we will always combat the idea that we're not putting more in investments and we're spending in Winston's head, you know, maybe some crazy number on a fall break trip with the kids. But for me, I'm like, but that's what I that's what I love too. So like, you know, there, there will always be a level of one that wants to be more hardcore and one that's gonna be the saver and be the budgeter. And it's probably gonna be you, Renee. I mean, honestly, like that 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 will probably be your tendency. Oh, yep. Yeah. And he may just be more of the free spirit. And that's okay too. But again, as long as you guys can make decisions as a couple through the same lens. That I think just um, allows a marriage to thrive better than when you're trying to make decisions out of two different lenses through everything in life and trying to be these two different people. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's his knowledge with the Ramsey plan and the Ramsey way? Um, I guess you know the last couple of weeks have been his first first um, foray into it. Um, he's, he's he's seen the books on my bookshelf. But he's not. Touched is he yet. a reader, or does he prefer to watch things? Um, he's a reader. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to send you a copy of Breaking Free from Broke. I think that's going to put a pep in his step to go. Oh my gosh, this debt is disgusting me. I want to get out now. And another step that you guys should take for premarital counseling is going through Financial Peace University. So I'm going to gift you both of those things, my book as well as FPU, if you tell me he's going to go through it. Because I think sometimes it just takes a little bit of knowledge and kind of dipping your foot in the water to go, oh, I get what she's talking about now. And Dave will turn from a cuss word in the house to a, an exciting plan that you guys can go on together. Yeah, I, th- I think he would like that. He likes things explained to him clearly. Well, I make That's it right. fun as well. So hang on the line, yeah. Renee. We're going to send you a copy of Breaking Free from Broke and FPU. Watch all nine lessons with him. Have him read the book. Go through it together. And I think that will, you know, squelch some of the fears that you have. But this and is congratulations. Yes, it's exciting. This is consider this a, an early wedding gift. I hope it all works out, 
and call us back when you're debt-free. And this is just a memory. More of your calls coming up. 888-825-5225. This is The Ramsey Show. If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen and we have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, but over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed. You can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz. We get a lot of questions about taxes, and we get it. Taxes can be very confusing. And to help you get a better handle on it, let's unpack a question from one of our listeners. And this is a common one. What is the difference between a tax deduction and a tax credit? Rachel, I recently asked people on the streets of Nashville about this on Broadway yeah. if they knew the difference, and it was it was hilarious. Uh. Like, well, like, credit is like... That's money you uh, owe, like that's a debt. And I was like, no, okay, buddy, buddy. Okay, let me, let's break it down. Here's the spark notes for you guys. A tax credit cuts your tax bill dollar for dollar. So if you owe $1,000 in taxes, a $500 credit will slash your bill down to 500. A tax deduction, on the other hand, lowers your tax bill by lowering your taxable income. So you would subtract the deduction from your income and that less taxable income means less taxes owed. So deductions reduce how much of your income is taxed. Credits reduce the actual tax bill on the back end. So that's how I like to think about it. Deductions on the front end, Mm -hmm. and the IRS says, you didn't actually make that much thanks to this deduction. And the credit is an actual discount off the total bill. So hope that helps. And if you're confident about filing on your own, go check out Ramsey Smart Tax at RamseySolutions.com slash tax. That's no-nonsense tax software, low upfront pricing, no hidden fees, and it might be time to switch from uh, Furbo wax, as I like to call it, Rachel. Okay. <laughs> won't throw them under the bus. And uh, a lot of people have been messaging me saying, I've used it for the first time, or this is my third year, and it was a breeze to use Ramsey Smart Tax. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. And if your situation's a little more complex, you can always check out a tax pro that we trust to help you out, who's Ramsey Trusted. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash tax. Dante's up next in Detroit. Dante, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hello. Hey. hey. What's happening? Uh, it's going all right. Uh, Lay it out for us. What's your question you today? Okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, just a little bit nervous. I uh, oh, no, you're doing great. So it's got, just us, Dante. <laughs> so I got $90,000 total in, uh, in debt. Most of it's student loans. Um, I have $17,000 left on my car and then about $10,000 in credit card debt. And the rest of student loans, that's what makes up the 90? Yep. Okay. Cool. And what's your question? Um, well, I you know, I'm only 25 years old and I got almost a $400 a month car payment and 
I only make uh, thirty-two thousand a year working at Sam's Club right now. Mm. Are so, you working full time? You know, yeah, I am full time. What was your degree in? Uh, criminal justice. Okay. Are you not pursuing that or field in that? Like, uh, well, what do you want to be a police officer or what? Um. Well, I just have a few more classes and I'm done. Okay. So you're I still in school. A little, a little. Yeah. But I took some math classes at the end just to challenge myself, and, well, it didn't go very well. Mm. And then kind of had to drop those, and then I still have a few more to finish. But I'm considering police. I have applied to police uh, departments. But I'm also um, almost uh, a real, licensed real estate agent. You are licensed? Uh, almost. I have, to, I have to take the test in Michigan, and then I'd be a real estate agent. Okay. Um, Which path are you leaning toward? Uh, well, more so the real estate. Um, but I'd like to also like, like, uh, if I did pursue a career in criminal justice, whether it's police or, I would like to have another income, which could be real estate. As okay. Well, as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. But obviously, I'd like to get the debt, <laughs> yeah, thing, you yeah. know, out of the way. Totally. <laughs> um, Dante, how have you? Kelly Blue booked your car by chance. Do you know how much you could sell it for? Yeah, well, it's about eleven thousand. Okay, so quite a bit of negative in there. Yeah, so you're underwater. Is that six. private party value? Uh, or is that dealership I, like uh, trade in value? Because those, it's a big difference. Yeah, I think private party was maybe. 15, 15 on the high side. Okay. Um, okay. Do you have anything in savings? Uh, I did, but you know, kind of don't don't anymore. Okay. Spend it on bills. Yep. Are you living yeah. on your own? Uh, yeah, I moved out in September. I just my rent isn't really bad, um, so it's good. But... Okay, is it a one bedroom? Uh, it's actually a two bedroom. I have a roommate. Oh, you do have a roommate. Okay. I was going to suggest yeah. that to see. Basically, what we're trying to figure out here, Dante, is how much margin can we create by spending less and making more? And right now, you just need more income. You've got a, yeah. you've got a big hole of that 90000 in debt. And so one angle we we're looking at is sell the car, free up that payment. You would obviously need a much cheaper car to be driving around for now. Um, the other side is we need to get your income up ASAP. And so as soon as you're done with school, you might need to get a different job, a second job, a better job in order to start to really make headway on this debt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dante, I feel like for you, you know, you're, um, it feels a little bit just like scattered, right? I just feel like you have a lot of things going on. You have all this debt. You're stressed about it. You, um, you're worried about your income and also, um, and again, your career path. I'm like, there's just a lot of things happening. So for you, what I would do is I think the the money stress really is playing a part in this kind of like fog mentality, right? Of having to make a decision. And so I think there's just something to be said about, I mean, you are just full on, you're working, you know, five nights a week, you're working weekends. I mean, like you go crazy just to, just to allow some momentum to catch up with you to be able to start knocking this stuff out because out of this, even these credit cards, I mean, $10,000 in credit card debt, how many credit cards is that? Four or five? Uh, yeah, at least. And honestly, a few of those, uh, 
they're my mom's and all, although I like I don't even use the cards but they show up on my credit report what do you mean they're your mom's oh uh, uh like she put like to build credit when I was younger she had added me on there um, oh wow yeah on the account, so it shows up my name on the account, even though I don't actually use the card. Okay, so I would talk to her and ask for your name to be removed. And yeah. what I want for you to feel, Dante, is just this like drastic change in your life. It's almost just like you're kind of going along and you're trying to manage, you know, everything that's going on. And and I get it. There's a lot of you know a lot of avenues here and a lot of things happening in your life. And it's almost this like we call it shock the monkey. <laughs> There's like almost this like burst of energy that you need that's gonna radically shift some things. And you have to feel this level of complete change. And by complete change, call your mom, have that conversation, cut up the credit cards, you know, tell Sam's Club, hey, I'm working every night this week, contact, contact Uber or Lyft and say, I'm gonna drive, uh, I'm gonna drive every Saturday and maybe I'll sleep on Sundays or maybe I'll pick up more shifts there. I mean, like, like it's this idea that it's a complete different mindset, complete different habits than what you've been living in. Because, you know, it is true. When you continue to do the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same result. And so what you have to do is completely shift the way you've been thinking. And Dante, honestly, I think part of that is is getting rid of this car. I mean, you have $17,000 loan making $32,000. I mean, that's more than half of your annual income. It's too much car. So I mean, my very first yeah. goal would be to save a couple thousand dollars, buy a car, get rid of this one. If you have to take out a small loan, do it. But I would rather you free up that $400 car payment and have a $1,000, $2,000 debt for the difference than $17,000 in a car. You know what I mean? Like, but it's these radical changes mm -hmm. that you haven't done yeah. yet. And, yeah. and and it's gonna take this level of change to get a completely different result. And you can do it. Cause Dante, your situation, you're not, it's not hopeless. We talk to people every mm -hmm. single day with the same situation. Yeah. And the number one quality that we find with people that go from where you are to actually becoming debt-free and winning with money and investing in the future and doing all of this as they believe they can. And so you have to have this belief that I'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning and I'm gonna be a different Dante in how I handle money. So stay on the line and Christian's gonna pick up and I'm gonna give you George's book, Breaking Free from Broke. I'm giving away your, your books, George. So kind. And Total Money Makeover, which is just kind of the playbook of the baby steps. But I really want you to start learning this stuff and doing it. You have to actually do this, Dante, and we believe you can. You we can't really wander. You can. You, you can you can easily wander into debt, Dante, but you can't wander out. You got to get some mojo here and do something about it. But we believe in you, man. Hang on the line. This is The Ramsey Show. If you own a gun like I do, you have to know the best ways to keep yourself and your loved ones safe responsibly which is why the U.S. Concealed Carry Association is giving away their complete concealed carry and family defense guide 100% free. The USCCA gives away resources like this to responsibly armed Americans because they believe you should have everything you need to be ready for the mental, physical, legal, and financial effects of self-defense. This is a company I trust, and this is material you can't afford to be without. So get your free family defense guide at uscca.com slash Ramsey right now. That's uscca.com slash Ramsey. Welcome back to the Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by bestselling author Rachel Cruz, and we're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. You call in, and we'll help you take the right next step with your money and your life. Mike is in D.C. up next. Mike, how are you doing today? 
Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? Doing well. How can we help? All right. So um, around uh, August last year, um, I finally decided to accept the fact that I found myself about, uh, well, I'll just tell you $11,660 in credit card debt. Um, So I decided to put myself on a budget and start paying it off. Um, I've made about, I've made about $5,486 in payments toward that debt. Just about, about, was that exact? Wow. That was, that was, (laughs) yeah, that was exact. And then it leaves me with exactly $6,173 in, um, in remaining debt to pay. Is that Um, all of your debt? Yes. Okay. So, and as I'm paying this off, I want to get more aggressive with it, but you know, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm really a little um, worried about pulling money um, away from a, re- a recurring retirement and savings contributions to do it. I just wonder sort of what's your perspective on should I uh, stop, you know, paying my 401k to get that debt paid down as aggressively as possible or should I just continue on? How old are you, Mike? I'm 32. Okay. What are you contributing right now to retirement? Um, I contribute about $300 a month towards it. What percentage of your income is that? Um, so I make, uh, 81,000 a year. Um, so I guess, I don't know, back of the napkin math, I'd say that's probably like, uh, 6%. You're saying 300 bucks a month? Uh, 300 bucks a pay period. So 600 bucks a month. Oh, okay. Okay. 600 bucks a month. Well, I'll tell you this much, that's not going to give you a great retirement anyways. And so our plan is to pause contributions to retirement so that when you get back to investing, you're investing 15% consistently without fail for the next decade okay. or two until you get your house paid off and then you can invest even more. And so that's the the purpose of us telling people to pause the 401k is twofold. Number one, it actually frees up the 600 bucks a month that can now go toward the credit card, right? Right. And number two, it lights a fire under your butt to get out of debt faster because you desperately want to get back to investing, don't you? Yes. And the problem right now is you're a little bit comfortable. Like, yeah, you want to get out of debt, but you also want to invest and, you know, nothing's on fire. And I like the the fire that is created when you pause the investing. It tells your own body, this is serious. We need to get out of this debt ASAP because I want to build wealth and stop paying for the past. What is the debt of the interest rate on these credit cards? Uh, well, um, I actually was able to consolidate um, my debt into a 0% card. Um, so I had um, some high interest debt that I've already paid off. Um, and the debt that remains is um, one, single, uh, one single amount on a 0% card. And that 0% goes until March, next year. Okay. So how quickly can you pay off if you pause investing, you got the extra 600 bucks back, you got six grand left on the credit card, you're making 81. How quickly can you pay this off if you do all of that? Uh, probably seven to eight months. Let's call it six months. Okay. How would you like to be debt-free in six months? Do you have any money in savings? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I've, got about, I've got three grand in a brokerage. 70 in retirement and uh, 1500 in my emergency fund. Okay. So you got 4500 in liquid cash right now. Yep. Well, you could you could lower this 
I mean, more than half today, if you wanted to, if you wanted to keep a $1,000 emergency fund and then throw the brokerage account and $500 that's in your emergency fund at this debt, then you're down to, you know, 2600 bucks. Yeah. And okay. if you pause investing, now you have an extra 600 This thing's done in like two or three months, it's dude. It's done like really soon. And then just build your emergency fund back up for a few months and throw some cash in there to get that back up. And then I would, yeah. By the end of the year, you'll be investing 15%. Yeah. You'll have almost tripled okay. your investing. Do you see the excitement that we have as to why this plan works? Yes, I do. And I think I just needed to hear somebody tell me it was okay because, you know, I'm just very wary of, of liquidating that extra cash, but I, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, and Mike, and the, and the reality is, too, you know, people kind of are like, oh, a $1,000 emergency fund. These Ramsey people are crazy. But here's the truth. If a, if a larger emergency fund or a larger emergency comes up, usually you don't have to pay for that, like, today. Usually you can say, okay, I have two to three weeks. I got to come up with some cash with my emergency fund and figure out how to pay this. You know, you'll pause the debt snowball and figure it out. But the problem is, is that people try to do kind of what you're doing, Mike, six different things at once, or they try to go and build up this big emergency fund before they get out of debt. And they never even get to getting out of debt because they spend so much time with just the savings portion uh, to feel comfortable. And there's really never a number that you're like, okay, now I feel good that I can go pay off debt. It's kind of this idea immediately when you become, when you become debt-free, your, what we say your largest wealth building tool, it's your income. It all comes back to you. And and it's an amazing thing. You say, okay, all these credit cards are gone. There's no bank in my life left. And now I get to decide what to do with my income. And you're able that much faster than to build up an emergency fund to three to six months of expenses, was, which is what we want you to do. We don't want you to stay at $1,000 forever. But for you, Mike, you're only going to stay there for like two months, month and a half, right? I'm mean, like, it, it'll be so fast um, that you're going to be fine. Okay. All is- right. So uh, I think I, I think I know what I need to do. Booyah. Another one bites the dust, Rachel. We did it. <laughs> Mike's on the path. All right, let's see if we can help Jordan out in Boise up next. Jordan, what's happening? Uh, hi. Um, so my wife and I, we've been married about six months, and we're just now starting baby step one. We're working towards getting a $1,000 in the savings account. Awesome. Um, and we, we just feel really overwhelmed. So we had to move to Boise for my job. Um, and the housing market is awful here. Um, and we only have about $6,000 in student loans left. Um, and then probably at about another 4,000 because of uh, a medical emergency that happened okay. um, with the ER. Okay, so you got um, 10K so in debt? 10K in debt, right. So I, I separated those because we're not getting interest on the, on the hospital. It's just a payment plan. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, just this idea of you know, once we get to that point, by the time we get to, you know, 20% down on a minimum of a $400,000 house, which is not a, like, that's the lowest I've ever seen it in Boise. I just, it just seems impossible to buy a house. Well, you're not gonna buy a house now, Jordan. You guys are broke. You don't even have a thousand dollars in savings. No. Yeah. So exactly. it, it's going to be a few years. We... Yeah. So it's not a 20% down payment. That's a suggested amount. You can go down to five for a first time home buyer. So 5%. Um, and by the time you guys do all of this, how much do you guys make a year? Uh, together, we make about 66000 before taxes. Okay. So yeah, by the time you guys pay off $10,000 of debt and get a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months of expenses, it's going to be, I mean, 18, 24, 
three years, you know, till that happens. And honestly, Jordan, it's going to be a whole new world. We got an election year. Who knows what interest rates are going to do? Like, we don't know what's going to be going on. Um, but we would mm-hmm. still stick with that at least 5% down idea. And I just don't believe that the lowest house you can find is a $400,000 house in Boise. I don't believe that. Well, you know why? Because I live in Nashville and it's the hottest market right now. And my husband, him, I mean, he just went and, and you know, we, we were doing the investment real estate right now. And he got like a great two hundred thousand dollar house. It's a yeah. two bedroom, one bath. They're flipping it in a in a, a place outside of Nashville. So I just I, I just don't believe the four hundred thousand dollar. I get well, that I, housing I is expensive. It, Rachel, I'm literally okay. on Realtor.com right now. There's Wait, at got? least thirty houses that are beautiful, three bedroom, single family okay. homes under four hundred. All right, Jordan, let's. So you, you can you, do this, man. You sound a little like us when we get dramatic Just sometimes. Focus on one thing at a time. It's never going to happen. It's going to happen, Jordan. Get your income up and you'll get Calm there. Calm down. You've been married six months. You guys just you guys just be patient. And in three years, it's a whole new world. And hopefully there'll still be these wonderful houses in Boise that I'm looking at right now on Georgia's computer. It's not in the Constitution that newlyweds have to own a home. So I hope that frees you, Jordan. Thanks for the call. This is The Ramsey Show. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz. If you're enjoying the show, please consider subscribing leaving a review wherever you're listening, hitting the follow button, and sharing it with a friend. Just hit the little share button wherever you're listening and send it to someone who might need to hear this. We want to spread this message to as many people as possible, and you guys are the best marketing tool we have out there. So thank you so much to all of our faithful listeners. Aaron is up next on the line in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can Rachel and I help? All right, so a little background. I'm 26. I'm currently on baby step three. Um, I'll be on baby step two when I marry some student loan debt. <laughs> wonderful. Um, have... She sounds <laughs> lovely. She sounds wonderful. She is, she is. <laughs> um, so my question is car-related. So I have three cars, um, two of which are with me currently, and one's at my parents' house. Um, and the one at my parents' house is a classic car that my dad and I restored um, about a decade ago, and it took us four years to do. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm wondering if I should sell it or keep it, um, because it's probably worth around $50,000. Um, wow. It would probably put me ahead financially about one and a half to two years. Um, but emotionally, that would be somewhat difficult. So yeah, for sure. So I'm wisdom on that. Uh, how much debt does she have? Uh, it'll be about $43,000. $43,000. Okay. And how much do you guys make a year? How much will you make total together once you're married? Um, I'm guessing one thirty. And you're thinking it would take you a year and a half to pay off the forty-three with both of your incomes? 
Um, well, I mean, getting, you know, if I had 50000 in cash, um, I think that would save us, you know, put us a year and a half to two ahead. When will you get married? Uh, it'll be October. Okay. Okay. And how much does she make out of the 130 Um, I mean, she's in school right now. Um, she'll be graduating this year. I'm guessing she's going to make around uh, 50 to 60 Okay. But she'll graduate in May and then get a job. Right. Okay. Um, well, she'll have four months as you guys are planning a wedding um, to to be working towards this. You know, I mean... And you have time, too, as well, to just yeah. stack up as much cash as you can. So what's as soon the, as you get married, you could knock a lot of this out. Yeah, what's the other car worth? Or what's the other car? You said I have two cars at home. One is the classic yep. car with your dad. What's the other one that you have? Yep, so I have a daily driver. It's worth about 4000 maybe. Okay. And then a sports car worth about 10000 Which one do you enjoy more, the daily driver or the sports car? Uh, the sports car. I'd probably but sell I one. I would sell one of those. Oh, you what? I can't drive the sports car in winter, so there's kind of a. Oh, I gotcha. There. Honestly, Aaron, I'd sell that one. Sell the ten thousand uh, once you guys get married, and then I mean, with and then with her, you know, working some of this, maybe you guys get it down to twenty five thousand, and then I would keep the classic car and then just pay off the twenty five thousand because you guys make great money. I mean, you're you're to the point that you guys could do this quickly. Right. So that's what I would do. The classic car, I don't know why, it kind of tugged at my heartstrings, George. I know, it's a it's father, just like, son, I don't know. four years. Yeah, it's a big deal. And we, what we tell people, Aaron, for just so you understand why you're not special here. We're not giving you a pass just because we're you're tugging at the heartstrings. True. We tell people, <laughs> if you can't get out of the debt within two years, it's probably wise to make a more drastic sacrifice to sell mm-hmm. the car. So if you said, hey, it's going to take us six years, yeah. and this could speed it up by a few years, and I'd go, dude, sell the car. Yeah. But in your situation, you guys are going to knock this out within the first year of your marriage between the money you have in the bank between her income coming into the picture you will knock this out faster than you think right so i wouldn't be too concerned about it and then worst case like rachel said if you're really done sacrificing just sell the sports car you can get another ten thousand sports car later on doesn't sound that special right you love cars i I imagine for you everything is sentimental (laughs) somewhat yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's what I would do, Aaron. I would sell the sports car before the $50,000. And you guys, how how old are you guys? I'm 26 and she is 24. Yeah, so even the year and a half idea that you're going to be ahead a year and a half financially um, is true. But if it's to depart with something that you love so much and the fact that you guys are going to be okay, you're fine. Like you you, you guys are going to do this. You're going to pay it off. You have the time. You have the runway. So there's no, there's not an urgent rush. I mean, if you were having to retire and you had to put some money in retirement and you still had a mortgage and you had debt, I mean, like there, you know, there are situations I would say sell this car. It's just not one for me personally. And I don't want you to resent her every time you look at her. When you're the reason. Oh my gosh. Those student loans are the reason I lost and that his classic dad, car. His dad will probably be like, "What? Yeah, this oh woman boy. came in with all that student loan debt." Well, you know what to do, Aaron. You got this, man. Congratulations. Ryan is up next in Dallas. How's it going, Ryan? Ryan, are you with us? Yep, sorry, I've muted. <laughs> thought we lost How's you. How can we help? <laughs> uh, quick question. So I have a 401k loan. Um, and I was checking your heads already, but I'm working off. SMH. And, uh, no, we're good. Yeah. You're okay. All right. 
right? But um, I'm, I'm cranking through stuff. Um, and so my question was, obviously, my 401k loan is through my employer, so it comes out of my paycheck automatically. Um, with the debt snowball uh, method, how am I supposed to make extra payments to that? Would it be a good idea to move that to a personal loan? One, to get the money back on the 401k earning, and then two, be able to make more frequent payments on a personal loan as I get more occasional extra income? Um, or should I just leave it be? Well, you can you can pay back that 401k loan as quickly as you'd like. Uh, right. It was more of the administrative having to go through multiple steps every time to make a payment. So do I need to like, just save up a chunk and then you know, go through the paperwork to add an additional payment. Right on. now, is there a monthly uh, payment that's due? Uh, it comes automatically. So I get paid uh, twice a month, and it automatically comes out of my paycheck and yeah. goes to that. So, How much is the 401k on, loan for? Uh, it's right now, it's at $25,000. Okay. And what do you make? Uh, 125 Good news. Okay. And this is your only debt? Uh, now I have one other. It's twenty five thousand. A lot of it was related to home uh, updates and needs. What um, kind of de- loan is that? A personal loan. Okay. Well, no, I would not move this to a personal loan. I think we've done enough moving around of debts, and I would just tackle mm-hmm. this one with intensity. And okay. you have equal debts, and so you know, in the debt snowball, these would fall into a very similar spot. So right. you can attack the one with the lower, int- uh, the higher interest rate if that makes your heart happy, since they're the same balance. Uh, which one has yeah, the higher payment per month? Um, the the higher payment is actually the four hundred one k. Okay, it's, it's, I'm paying like I think seven hundred a month. I probably on attack that. that one because number one, I can tell you're you're itching to get that money back in the four hundred one k, and I wouldn't be right. as concerned with the administrative steps needed to pay down, okay. that down. But yeah. I would throw as much as you can every single paycheck, every single month towards the debt. I wouldn't just wait and try to save up cash Are to Are you do married, it. Ryan? Do you have kids? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you have a family. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I would do anything and everything. Just can to you get sell stuff? I, do you have money that you can liquidate that's non-retirement? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Not much. I mean, I've been pretty on a pretty good track here being able to pay it off. I try not to overextend myself too much. Well, um, what do you have in non-retirement assets? Um, non-retirement assets, just uh, I've got emergency funds set up. I started just adding everything to, to that debt to pay it, start paying it down, um, but I didn't know if there would be a better way to, to do that um, well, administratively. Um, going into a different kind of debt really solves nothing, and so that's the problem is you think you did something when you move it to the personal loan. You kind of take that breath of relief, but really you are not any closer to safety. Yeah, so, it's just paperwork uh, that you have to deal with, but... Right. I'm trying to make not make it not so burdensome on the employer to have to handle that. I may just change the the deduction now that you say that. You can just increase the deduction each paycheck. Yeah. yeah. And just, just crank it out that way and force it out of my paycheck before I even see it too. That's a great idea. Pay off I wouldn't worry about the employer too much. They're all right. They deal with worse things on a daily basis. That's right. HR team. Shout out to Good Rick job, and HR. Ryan. All right, that puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. Thank you to my co-host, Rachel Cruz, the Booth Dudes. We've got Christian, Ben, Austin, Zach, Nathan, Bobby. Appreciate them holding the fort down. And you, America, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back before you know it. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz this hour. 
It's a free call at 888-825-5225. And if you're Rachel, it's a toll-free call. There's no toll whatsoever. That was actually Ken Coleman. Sure. I said it once on accident. It's happened to the best of us. But it's a free call. Do you remember back in the day, though, George? You had to yes. pay. You had to pay for long distance. We're about the same age. Free nights and weekends. Remember that when that was the deal? Rachel great. had to call uphill both ways. It's a very difficult <laughs> life for her at the payphone in elementary school, calling Sharon. In the in the uh, airports, too. Wow. Little Rachel in the airport using the payphone. That's a visual. Well, Alec is going to kick us off in Kansas City. Alec, how can we help you today? All right. So I have about eighteen grand uh, in total debt that I have consolidated. Well, not necessarily consolidated, but that I've totaled from my car loan to people that I owe to medical bills, college, all that. So recently... Uh, my roommate has told me that if I can't pay the rent, then he's not going to let me live here anymore. So I'm trying Sounds to get reasonable. squared away so that I can get back on track. Okay. So this 18K, you said it is a consolidated loan? It's all one giant loan now? No, it's not. I, I misspoke. Uh, okay. it, it's everything that I've, I've totaled up. Got it. So you have a car loan, medical debt, student loan, and a personal loan or multiple that you owe to random people? Yes. Okay. Are you having trouble making your rent? Uh, yes. Uh, the only it, I wasn't having trouble before, and then I made a stupid decision, which I thought was going to make me more money. But what um, was that? I was I was I was making you know a stable monthly paycheck, and then I had off. I had an offer from a friend to work for him, and uh, it didn't pan out. I didn't get paid by him for for four weeks. So now I'm looking for new work. So you quit your stable job? Would they take you back? Uh, it's a possibility, but I'm not entirely sure because I'm. I talked to somebody that I used to work with, and he said the positions are done filled. So, what were you doing, and what were you making? Uh, I worked at a uh, at a cabinet shop. I worked as a trimmer, so I sanded the cabinets and I put the edge profiles on them and stuff like that. Okay, and what were you making? Uh. On in the slow season, I was making about five hundred dollars uh, a week. Okay, so two grand a month in the slow season. Yeah, and that's been for like the last five months. And in high season, what would you, what would you be making? Maybe around seven hundred a week. Okay, so that's twenty eight hundred. Yeah. Can you go just get a, a retail job that's stable right now? Um, so I actually have already talked to somebody, uh, it's, it, it's a, uh, employer nearby just 10 minutes down the road and I am going in for a, uh, strength and drug test tomorrow and then consider, uh, hoping that that all goes well and I'll be put in for onboarding and he said that I could start this week. Okay. And what will you make? He said that I could make an upwards of like seven fifty a week. I'm done with this upwards and what you could make. What will you get paid if you show up? And I, I, have, I have no, I have no assurance. He hasn't. What job is this? Uh, it's uh, they're they're called the Onyx Collection. They make uh, countertops and and bathworks, showers, toilets. So is it a commission like job? Or I don't understand why they're not telling you what you're going to make. 
Depends because, on how much work you do. Uh, I talked to I talked to the owner, and he said that he would leave it to the production managers to decide where I was needed most. Okay, well, you need to get in touch with them and get some actual numbers here, because so far, okay. most of your choices have been based on assumptions. Right. And right now, we need to pay rent. And your roommate is being completely reasonable, saying, if you can't pay rent, you can't live here. I don't think that's unkind. Right. I would do the same thing if you were my roommate. I'd say, you need to go find somewhere else to live that you can afford. Okay. So the 18K, let's talk about that. If you listed all of these debts separately, from smallest to largest, what is your smallest debt right now? My smallest debt is to uh, Mersey Hospital out in St. Louis. Okay. Is that a few hundred bucks? That's uh, 150. Okay. So we're going to gift you every dollar premium. It's our budgeting tool. It's an app that you'll have on your phone. You can log in on the web. And when you enter in all of your debts, it's going to list them out smallest to largest. And so your goal right now, number one, is to cover your four walls. That's food, utility, shelter, transportation, and insurance. Beyond that, we're going to cut our lifestyle down to nothing. You're not eating out. We're cutting all the subscriptions. You need to cover rent because you can't get kicked out. That's your priority. Okay. The next priority is trying to stay current on all of your debts. So make all the minimum payments. Anything left over beyond that, let's throw at the smallest possible debt. And for you, that's that medical emergency debt of 150 bucks. Mm -hmm. But right now, the biggest priority is income. You can't do any of this without money. Right. So I'm going to go down and work the retail job until I get a better job working in the cabinetry I business. I mean, I would hang up with us, Alec, and I would call that company right now and just say, hey, uh, here's my situation. Like, the, like I, I, need, I need this work and I want this work. I just need to know how much I'm getting paid. So if you guys can't give me a firm number of, of where you need me and what I'm going to be making, I have to depend, my budget depends on what I make in my living situation. And if that's not the right time for you guys, that's fine. I just need to know that because what I don't want you doing, Alec, is kind of getting strung around. And not that these, not that this company is a bad company, but I mean, I, I, who knows? But they haven't given you a straight answer. And for you, Alec, you need, you need a straight answer. So whether it's like, I know exactly what I'm going to make hourly, um, but you need some, you need some facts around you because I feel like it's kind of this idea all up in the clouds and it's going to be really hard to plan. And if you have those numbers, then that's when I feel like you can go to the roommate and say, hey, here's the situation. Uh, I'm going to be behind on one month, but I'm getting this job. This is what I'm going to get paid and I'm going to catch up and I'll pay double the rent next month. And you kind of have to get yourself like back under there. But it's it's a pretty urgent you know, situation. Yeah, now, um, in terms of my car, so I owe... A total of ten thousand four hundred and twenty-seven still on my car loan. Um, would you suggest trying my best to get that down so that I can sell it and break even on that? What could you sell it for today, private party? I think about eight thousand dollars. Do you have any money saved? I do not. Okay. Well, you're going to need to save enough. You might need to take out, I don't know if your credit's shot, if you can even get a small loan from I, a credit union. If you don't have income right now, yeah, you won't With no income, money. they're going to need proof of income. Uh, but yeah, getting out from under this car would help you. If you could go drive a beater car for a few thousand bucks for now to get you around. Okay. That'll help All you right. stop treading water. But hang on the line. We're going to gift you every dollar premium. You're going to list your income, which right now is not a lot, maybe nothing. Below that, all of your expenses, all of your debts. That's going to help you look at facts instead of just being scattered with your money and where it's going. So we're wishing you the best, man. You can do this. This stinks. You'll be. This will be a memory in no time. But go work somewhere right now because seven fifty a week 
I mean, that's 36 grand. That means if you could make 17, 18 bucks an hour working retail, you'll be better off. So I might look into that as well. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. If you enjoy this show, be sure to check out Smart Money Happy Hour that Rachel and I co-host. It's way more fun than this show. <laughs> but it's true. You are. I think you're guaranteed to laugh during Smart Money Happy Hour because we do. Well, and we it's just contagious. have a good time. We talk about pop culture, current events, and money over there. Yeah, we're talking about it all. It's and great. People love it. It's very casual. It's not a caller-driven show. We just take topics, have expound a cocktail, upon and them. we just chat. Sometimes a mocktail. That's right. If you want to get right. crazy. That's right. And so check it out on the Ramsey Network, on podcasts, YouTube. We film it so you can see Rachel's face as she struggles to get through something without laughing. It's great. All right, we got our question of the day here, sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Before the weather warms up, Neighborly can help you find local service pros like the Grounds Guys, Five Star Painting, and Mosquito Joe to turn your outdoor space into your favorite place. I like that. Huh. Find the help you need at neighborly.com slash Ramsey today. Today's question comes from Sam in Louisiana. My grandfather owns 45 acres of family land and plans to will it to me, to my mom with the contingency of it coming to me when she passes. I'm 26 years old, married, and live about 15 minutes from the land. However, it's not where my family wants to live, and it's far off the road. How do I respectfully tell my grandfather to edit that part of his will, edit that part out of his will, or is it wrong to sell it one day when it becomes mine? Ooh. That's a great question. Man. Um, it's not where my family wants to live. I don't think I, there's no there's nothing saying he has to live there in the will. It's just saying he gets this family land. Yeah. I mean I would I would probably keep it. You're twenty six. So let's just do some rough math. Your mom's probably, I don't know, 50s, let's say fifties. Let's say she goes another thirty years. Yeah, yeah. God willing. Yeah, you'll be fifty six at that point and who knows? what the world is or isn't or where you want to be or where you don't want to be. So maybe you'll want land at that point. Maybe you that's won't. right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you, I think you, um, I would accept the the beautiful gift of family land because I think even as you get older, just legacy and ties to family, I think is a really beautiful thing. And then when it comes to that point in your 56, what you would probably do then is offer it to other family members to buy from you. So it stays within the family uh, is what I would do at that point if you don't want it. But I wouldn't I wouldn't make a decision right now personally with something that's going to be probably 30 years down the road. Yeah. And real estate is an amazing asset and a yep. really cool part of the legacy. And so just you looking at it- You can pass to your kids, yeah. Yeah, looking at it as just a wealth building tool and mm -hmm. a part of your net worth would be a really cool thing because 30 years from now, real estate's going to be more expensive than it is today. They're not making more of it, it turns out. The earth is what the earth is. And so I would hang on to it because 30 years from now, it could be worth millions of dollars and yeah. set your family up for generational wealth. And whether your kids choose to sell it or not, that's their problem to deal with. But I don't think there's anything wrong with just hanging on to it and staying in the will and deciding down the road. So thanks for the question. That's an interesting one. Yeah, that's a good one. Danielle is on the line in Birmingham, Alabama. Up next, Danielle, how's it going? Hey there. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. You sound excited. We like that. I am excited because I am in a tricky spot and I would love your help. <laughs> Rachel is specializing. We can't in wait. 
<laughs> What's going on, Danielle? So I have I have quite a bit of debt, but the debt that I'm focused on right now is the most pressing debt. I have student loan debt, but I'm still in school. So I'm kind of pushing that to the side because this debt that I'm in is about 16000 and it's more pressing. Um, it consists of my car loan and then a few smaller things, a credit card that's at uh, 865. I have a small dental bill that is interest free of 340, and then um, a small bill from school that's 130. Um, I'm getting roughly $5,000 back from my tax return. Um, it's also important to know that my car loan is at 27% interest rate. Oh. George, yes. George, just and come through up a little thought, bit. Hold on, let's make sure he can okay, recover. I'm good. You okay? I'm you good? Yeah. Just want a some of my digestion. water? You want some of my water? Oh, what's, okay, what's he, left okay, on this back. car loan? Uh, do what? What's left on the car loan? Um, it is $14,406. And the car itself was 20 I put five down when I got it. And so, and this was only a year ago. The interest is just killing me. Oh, How Did much you, you uh, Terrible credit? To, How'd you get a 27% interest rate? So when I was younger, um, I'm a single mom, and I went into a car dealership by myself with my newborn baby. They took full advantage of me. It was a Nissan. I'm actually in a class action lawsuit with Nissan because of their transmission. Um, my car ended up dying three times from the transmission. I still owe 10 on it, and I can no longer keep dumping $4,700 into it for new transmission. Yeah. So I finally stopped paying on it after the third transmission and they repoed it. I should have voluntarily repoed it, but um, I just let them take it. So I have a repo on my credit. Mm, from back in the day. And so when you went and bought this car, that's what caused the interest rate. Correct. Gotcha. That was just a year okay. and a half ago. I got this car in March of last year. Okay. Okay. How much do you make a year, Danielle? Um, I do get some child support, so factored in with my child support, mm -hmm. I get roughly twenty five to twenty six thousand a year. A year. Yep. Okay. What do you do for a living? Well, I'm a student as well, but um, I work in dermatology. I was working in the clinic, making a lot more, but I took a pay cut to work from home because of my son. Okay. Um. Okay. Well. The to answer your question, I would use all five thousand and knock out your debt smallest to largest, which would knock out a bunch of these little debts that are ankle biters right now. Okay, so um, the three debts, the smallest smallest ones, I have in order. Um, I could knock out two of them right now. I do have a savings of seventeen hundred. Great. Um, well, I would keep a thousand. But. I would, I would, right. I would keep I also, it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I also am in a pretty bad position because my boyfriend and I just broke up. We were sharing a place together. So my rent was half of what it would be anywhere, maybe even less than half. So I'm about to move into my own place with my son and my rent's going to be double. Okay. Um, have you looked into other places for a, for a, for a lower rent? Yes, a studio apartment would cost me about 700 for me and my son. 
Uh, right now, I pay about four sixty. Okay. Okay. So it would go up to seven hundred if you do the studio. Yes. Okay. And when are you done with school, Danielle? Um, I'm hoping to graduate in December with my undergrad. Okay. Um, and then I just have to take my GRE and I go to PA school. That's a whole nother situation with finding support for my son. So Yeah, yeah. And will you be working during that whole time? I'm not supposed to. I Instacart on the side now. Um, so I'll still do that on the weekend. How will you okay. pay for PA school? Probably loans. Okay. How much? How much uh, student loan debt do you have now, Danielle? How much will you have when you graduate in December? I'll have close to seventy thousand dollars worth of debt for my undergrad. On top of the eighteen that you okay. listed out. Right. Okay. Um. So, Danielle, I, I, I want to help you because I feel like the path you're starting to walk towards financially is going to be a path of destruction this stress that you feel with money is um, going to continue on. If you can hold on the line, I would love to bring you on in the next segments if we can, just to kind of talk through this a little bit more because I really do want to help you. I mean, I think single moms out there, you're doing such good work. I mean, you're you're trying to navigate how do I... Childcare is expensive. You're trying to do something from home with your son. You're Instagram outside. You're doing a lot of really great things, Danielle. Uh, but just some red flags came up there at the end of the call, George. So I really, I want to walk this through with you, Danielle, and hopefully give you a better path for more peace for you and your son, not just for this year, but for decades to come, okay? So hold on the line, Danielle. We're going to come back to you, if that's okay. Don't go anywhere, Danielle. In America, you don't go anywhere, too. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz. Before the break, we were chatting with Danielle in Birmingham, so let me catch you up because we're going to go back to her. She has about 70000 in student loans, 18000 across some other debts like car loans and small, smaller debts. She's making about twenty five to 26000 right now between child support and working. She's trying to finish her undergrad, go to PA school, and we're trying to help her figure out her life. And so, Danielle, are you still with us? I'm still here. Good. Was that a fair summary? Yes. Okay. So we're back, and we want to dig back into your situation because you said you're going to finish undergrad in December, you're going to take the GRE, you're going to get uh, go to PA school, and all of that with already having close to six figures in debt while being a single right. mom. Yes. Whew. How old is your kid? He just turned six. Okay. Oh, great. Is he in school? He is, yes. He's in kindergarten. Oh, okay. Okay. I have a kindergartner too. So good times. Fun age. Fun age. Um, okay. So, Danielle, what's your undergrad in? Um, I am um, pre PA and it's in psychology. It's in psychology. Okay. Okay. Um, here is what I'm going to suggest, Danielle. Um, you, you said you came, you went back to work from home to be with your son. Um, Took a pay cut for that. Yep. So the fact that he's in school, though, is encouraging. I didn't know if he was like two years old or, you know, how old he was. So I think one of the best things that you can do, Danielle, um, from a financial standpoint, which which bleeds into other areas of your life of just stress and anxiety, anxiety, I mean, all of it, right? When you have your money under control, it does give you a sense of peace. Um, 
to be able to fall back on because money's the tool we have to have in this life, right? To to make decisions and um, and I want you to have that control. That's what I want for you, Danielle. And I think the path that you're going down towards a lot of debt is going to lead to a lot of stress, a lot of um, strapped feeling months with payments and 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 beyond, right? Because I mean, if you go into PA school with $70,000 in undergrad degree, I mean, you're going to be easily six figures, right? Into debt. Um, right. So what I would suggest for you is that $5,000 tax credit um, to apply that, yes, all towards your debt. I was going to ask your car, it's a $16,000 car. Um, how much, how much could you sell it for? If you, have you Kelly Blue booked it at all? I'm upside down significantly on it. It was not a good purchase. It's a Jeep Compass. It's okay. been in the shop a lot. I spent so much money on it. I, okay. If I sold it privately, I could possibly get seven grand for it. Okay. And then I'm okay. left with seven. All right. All right. Yep. Okay. So the number one thing I would do, Danielle, is I would up my income. And I would... Um, you know, even if there's, if you have to find childcare there for the last, you know, two hours of the day, whatever that looks like um, for you. But I think one of the best things you can do right now is up your income from $26,000 a year. And, and again, this may not be in the field you want to work in, but I would find anything. I mean, anything to do. And I mean, looking at 45000 to $50,000 a year, I mean, if you can just double your income, um, with a salary paying job that has good insurance and all of that, that's going to significantly change your world, Danielle, significantly, because that's going to bring in so much more income for you. You're going to be able then to to knock out this debt with that $5,000 tax credit coming in. You know, it's lowered all the way down to, you know, 11000 or so and start chucking money at that $11,000, get that all paid off. And then I want you to tackle that $70,000 student loan debt. And I would pause PA school. And I know that's probably crushing your dreams right now, but just looking from the outside in, I, I just see you walking down this path into more and more financial destruction, going deeper and deeper and deeper into debt. And I want you to be able to have the freedom to make decisions with your life and for your son on on what you want to do, right? And when you have no payments, that freedom is there. And if you're stuck in a cycle of payments though and owing, it keeps you in jobs you hate, it keeps you in situations that you may not want to be in. And so that freedom, I think, is one of the best things you can do. So if I could convince you to pause PA school and I would see if I could just double my income and even you said, you know, you're working Instacart on the side, which is so great too, um, a side hustle. And it, it's going to take, it's going to take probably, gosh, four four years, five years or so. To, to clean up the mess you have and then yeah. cash flow the rest. Because what's PA school going to cost? A hundred grand easily? Probably, yeah. Um, the only the thing that I was banking on is the fact that I would make two hundred thousand as soon as I get out. I wouldn't bank on that. Have you actually looked at what people are making as soon as they enter the PA field in Birmingham? Yes, uh, I wouldn't be working in Birmingham. I would move out of state. I'm from Pennsylvania, um, and that's where I would go back. What's keeping you in state now? Um, my son, because of um, child custody with his father, he gets him for like five hours on Sunday. So, so what will change that will allow you to move in the future? Um, once I have a, a career-based job, if I move there, they will allow me to do that. So you could start a career in Pennsylvania now? 
correct? If I had a degree, yes. Okay. So let's say in December you finish this degree out and you move Mm -hmm. closer to family, more support, and have a career. Is that a possibility? Well, you're going to move really anyways. Have support out there either. What was the reason thing. to move to Pennsylvania? Just because that's where I want to be and it's more money out there. Well, I would go to the most affordable PA school once you can cash flow it, possible, and then move right. to where you want to move to be a PA. Right, and that was another reason why I was staying in Birmingham. The schools are cheaper here than in Pennsylvania. Okay. Well, the key here is we don't want you, you're already almost six figures in debt. You're going to add another six figures to that and not be able to climb out of the hole while still making twenty five, twenty six. So that is just an unsustainable path that really freaks us out. And so that's why we're recommending going to doubling your income. What were you making before, before you took the pay cut? Um, I was making closer to 41. Okay. Is that job still available? Could you go back to that? I can go back to it. Um, the reason why I left that job was because my son got kicked out of daycare before he started kindergarten. And so this was just something that I could do. It's with the same company. Okay. I've been working from home instead of in the clinic. So then I'd go I back. Go back at yeah, I would do that. that that's going to give you a $15,000 raise instantly. Right. That'll change your world to get rid of this debt. Yes. And once you have enough money saved, you still might want to get out of this 27% auto loan. If you can save up, you know, 10000 and you pay off the, you sell the car, you'll have seven left, pay that off, you'll have 3000 to get just a beater car, but maybe one that's more reliable and paid off. Okay. Would you, if, I don't know if even refinancing it is worth it or if that's even a possibility, but if I took that 5000 I've got seventeen in savings. If I you have seventeen thousand in savings. So I'm sorry, seventeen hundred. Oh, um, I was like, well, that changes things. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I wish um, I could take the seventeen hundred and take out the smaller ones that I've got built up: my credit card, the dental loan, and then my school. And then the rest is just my car. Could I, I don't know how refinancing really truly works. I've never done it before, but if I took $5,000 towards that, would that be a possibility to get that interest rate lower? It may get the interest rate lower and there may be a break-even point. And so you can look into that because getting going from 27 down to even 15 is a win for you right now. Yeah. So you can look into that, Absolutely. but again, it's not going to change your world but it may help you just sure. go from treading water to making some progress. So Yeah, for sure. And up in that income, Danielle, getting that margin in your life, it's going to it's going to do a lot for you. And I would I would make some drastic moves in that area first. Um and and I would and I would pause PA school. I really would. I would I would work myself out of this debt, get a great salary job and you and your son have a stable life and then at that point you're able to say, "Okay, what do I want to do going forward?" and then you can make a decision from there. But I don't want you to making a decision out of this urgency that I have to just jump into something because we make poor decisions when we don't have bandwidth. Hey, you've been listening to the show. Now it's time to start doing. 
No more excuses. Join me and the rest of the Ramsey personalities for the Total Money Makeover Weekend here in Nashville on May 10th and 11th. Get a crash course in everything we teach about money, including budgeting, beating debt, investing, and more. In just one weekend, you'll leave with a plan to put it all into action. It's game on, baby. Early bird tickets start at $99, so don't wait. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash weekend. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz. The number to call is 888-825-5225. Sean is up next in Wilmington, North Carolina. Sean, what's going on? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call here. Uh, Just had a question on if I should... So I own three rental properties, uh, four in total with my, my... primary residence here. Uh, and my question is, I have had a change in income here over the last year. I own my own business and business just seems to be declining. And I'm just wondering if I should think about unloading uh, some rental properties here just to kind of eat great easement uh, here. Uh, or if I should unload all of them, keep them, uh, what I should do. Okay, so you have three rental properties. Will you talk us through the numbers of how much they're worth and how much yeah. you owe on them? Yep. So uh, first, uh, first one here is worth uh, uh, two hundred eighty-five thousand. Uh, currently owe one hundred sixty-seven thousand on it. Okay. Second one is five hundred twenty-five thousand uh, uh, worth and owe two seventy-eight. Okay. Uh, two hundred seventy-eight thousand. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is worth a million, and that one uh, we owe uh, for four hundred and sixty-eight thousand on. Okay. And uh, how much? Uh, how, would, how much do you owe on your primary house? Uh, that one's worth uh, one one million, and uh, I owe four ninety-eight on it. Four ninety-eight. Okay, cool. And that's your only debt, right? Correct. Yeah, the only debt I have is just these these mortgages here and all the rentals cash flow. Uh, one, I, I called before here on, on this is I'm, I'm raising my, when you guys told me to raise the rent on my cousin, but one of my, uh, my cousin rents, uh, one of these properties. Okay. So I'm like pretty much just I break even on that one. Uh, but the other ones do cash flow. One cash flow is like about 300 bucks a month. The other one, uh, the one worth a million, that one I'm cash flowing about a thousand bucks a month. Okay. Um, and how much do you, how much were you making and what are you making now? So like on a good year, I'd make, uh, 380 close to 400 okay. uh bad bad year was normally like 300 now it's last year's uh I'm, I'm down to like around uh 200 here and i'm just worried if things start going even more south then like i'm just trying to be prepared i guess uh yeah. here on um i don't know it's just business seems to be kind of a not going down here a little bit well, not more, more debt <laughs> equals more risk, less debt, less risk. And so I think you're thinking through this wisely to go, hey, if I unloaded some of this, it would free up the money. I could pay down my mortgage. What's your mortgage payment every month on your primary? So we've recently moved from Arizona to here. Um, our 
old house was was the one that we kept. That was the one that was worth worth a million. That one was locked in at two and a half percent. When we moved here to North Carolina, rates are obviously a lot higher than two and a half percent. We're at six point five, uh, and uh, we owe that 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 payments four thousand dollars a month. Okay, mm. and are all these houses still back in Arizona? Uh, two of them are. One's in New Mexico. Whoa. I just found a property there. and Okay. Uh, so just then, then, a lot gosh, of long-distance landlords. I know. Um, yeah. If you, oh, and I, I, I got property managers on, on them, too. So sure. sure. Did you ever raise the rent on your cousin? I, I did. We can't, That was a difficult uh, decision uh, here. We came to kind of a agreement uh i when when i last called you guys i didn't want to create any sort of lip, whiplash but uh we're on course to get to market rent uh which he'll be on market rent in about another year uh we were kind of doing it in like 200 uh increasing at 200 dollars because he was paying like well below under under market rent okay and uh the plan was to get him at market and he'll be there next so he can afford uh, market rent no. Um, then he so can't live like in this okay. place. Sean, okay. Yeah. Do you do you enjoy having rentals, Sean? Do, do you, I do. Do you, you, uh, do you enjoy was, investment property and all that? Yeah, and it's it's it was my main kind of retirement plan. My my thought process here. I just I uh, I could pass these on to my two daughters here, and like then thirty years from now, like if they're cash flowing, I'm also getting debt pay down on them. Someone else is paying paying down the debt, and then in thirty years, they would potentially all be paid off. Yeah, and then plus to the the tax benefits on them, it helped uh, the depreciation on them helped offset my income when I was making uh, closer to four hundred. So it helped kind of offset that a little bit. Um, so I just, I liked all the tax advantages and just sure. the appreciation, the cash flow. So it's a, it, I'm, I, I, I do like it. I don't mind it. Um, okay. I'm just, I'm trying to be proactive here when my main source of income has yeah. dropped, uh, um, yeah. and what I should And that's what's hard. Here. And I think that's, you know, this is a really great example, Sean, of painting a picture of like, here's like the perfect scenario, right? And you just walked it all through from the tax advantages and the appreciating assets and passing down to kids and all of it. But the problem is, is when debt's in the picture and something goes sideways, yeah. like a job, your income's cut in half. Suddenly this beautiful yeah. picture, all of a sudden the risk is what you're feeling. So I know what I would do, Sean, this may sound really extreme to you and you probably won't do it. But <laughs> if I were you, cause we all be in Wilmington, we all be in North Carolina for the foreseeable future. Or y'all going to go back to Arizona? <laughs> I, I plan the moving here was kind of a, a big deal. We found a property here with 20 acres and I plan on that. Being was another okay. thing is uh, so, uh, honestly, here. <laughs> here's what I would do. I would sell all three and you're going to walk away with a, with, you know, it's around eight sixty eight hundred and sixty thousand dollars I would pay off my primary home. That's going to leave you. And I'm not factoring taxes. So you got to do all this, but I mean, that'll leave you around $350,000. I would go find a great house, pay cash for it, uh, and build my rental back up. And and I would and save, because you got $4,000 at that point freed up because your primary mm -hmm. residence is yeah. completely paid off. Yeah. The life you could live, even making 200000 Sean, with no debt mm -hmm. is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. You're adding a lot of stress and a lot of risk to your life right now which I understand if the numbers all play out and this whole game and all of this, like I get it. 
But there is something that you can't put a price on peace. And right now you're feeling this weight. And I would just, and and I don't want to, you're halfway, you're literally on the other side of the country, like as far as you possibly could be from Arizona, you know, to North Carolina. And I understand you have property managers and all of it, but I, I, I'm simplifying my life. If I'm you, Sean, I really am. And, um, and I think you can build incredible wealth to pass on to your kids, whether that's through investing whether that's for buying more rental properties that you guys start to accumulate over oh, the even, years, even on the, on the property, that's, that's uh, a million. And uh, yes. that was that think, locked in at two and a half percent. I'm not concerned about interest. Yeah. Rates, Sean. <laughs> Here's the thing, Sean, I think know, about I hear it this you, way. But you're not going to be taking out any more debt. So interest rates aren't even a problem anymore. Yeah. And you make yeah. two, two to $400,000. We added up the cash flow of all of your properties. It's 15 grand a year. Yeah. If it plays out perfectly. <laughs> that is chump change. It's for nothing you. compared. For so what it's you're not making. worth the stress and the risk when you can restart fresh and have it cash flow 100 percent because you don't have a payment on the place. And even if it's a smaller payment, you'll still be probably doing better. Yeah, you'll lose out on the future appreciation, but you're also going to get your life back, and you're also going to get four thousand dollars back from your primary mortgage that you're not paying anymore. And so I, I don't yeah. think it's apples to apples it's again 15, because 000, of the peace of mind. Yeah, fifteen thousand versus gosh forty eight thousand that you're that you're going to get be getting back without having a payment on your primary house. And, and Sean, what, what isn't calculated in all of this, and it's something we always try to convey mm-hmm. on the show and we can't always do it well because it's an emotion, but there is something when you don't have debt, Sean, when no when you don't owe anything and you're not finagling, and I know the cousin lives there, but you're, you're running you know math on the interest rates and you're figuring out how to make this payment, the income goes down, the stress goes up, and you have a beautiful 20 acres with a with a oh, dream it, situation it, it, happening it now. I've been I've been I've been following you guys here for years and I was actually debt free for about 9 months and watching your guys' show is kind of what led me to do that. So then I obviously didn't continue it and got back into debt. Yeah. Well, you'll so, be back there in no time, man. And you're not going to have the relational tension with the cousin. You're going to have so much peace. So you're going to burn peace, less Sean. brain calories. It's it's a better life on this side. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And, you're, and you can property. build a great legacy for your family. A great legacy still. That's what's this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz this hour. We are both co-hosts of Smart Money Happy Hour as well, so it's a real treat to be on the big show, as we call it here on The Ramsey Show. 888-825-5225. Michael kicks us off in Montgomery, Alabama. What's going on, Michael? Yes, hello. I um, am 22 years old, and I am currently... Uh, just about a week ago, got accepted to Auburn University, and I'm going War to Eagle, my friend. Get my, <laughs> thank you. I'm going to get my my history education degree, my social science degree, to be specific. Cool. And I've completed two years at a community college because it was better financially that way. Yeah, smart man. So great. Um. And like growing up, my family didn't have a lot, so I'm expected to make. Uh, I've talked to a bunch of people. I'm expected to make anywhere from forty to sixty with my um, high, uh, sixty grand with my um, history education degree. What will you and, be doing? Ninth uh, um, through twelfth would be my ideal for teaching a history teacher. Yes. Cool. Okay. What's your question and, today? 
my my question stands is I don't know when I grad um, because I'm expected to take out some sort of student loans. That's the only way I would be able to pay for my final year and a half, two years of university. But I don't know what like once I get that, once I get the job, how I use my degree that I've got to pay back that student debt and also try to like make something in the future as a family that came from like no money. I don't have that experience of with anybody to talk to about how to do that. Michael, have you applied for any scholarships? Um, I have applied for some scholarships. Yes. I currently have a 3.4 GPA. So, uh, I actually got an email from my advisors to apply for scholarships. Okay. What's Um, this going to cost this last bit of schooling? Uh, they, I don't have an exact number. I have the, I have their calculator pulled up that's like tells me an amount, and it is estimating somewhere around thirty five right now. For the remainder, but I to graduate. Yeah, yes, okay. for the total degree. I mean, Auburn isn't exactly the cheapest school around. No. So I'm just looking at all of the options to help you go to school debt free, and it's here's the reason you asked us how do I create wealth. One of the keys to create wealth is to get out of debt and stay out of debt. And right now we're going backwards. We're taking a step back and you're hoping to take a few steps forward once you're working. And I hope you make 60 out of college I was teaching. Say, is that, what, I mean, is I don't that know realistic? what a high school history teacher makes in your area, but I would do some homework on that. Because 40 to 60, that's a big swing, Michael. That's $20,000 difference. Um, so I would, I would, I would know the ROI on that. And what I would do, Michael, if I were you... Um, even though it's so exciting. And I think you've, you've been so smart, Michael, up until this point. I mean, you did the community college route, got your prereqs done. I mean, that's so wise. And then that's what we always say. And then you can transfer to uh, a larger state school if that's where you want to actually graduate from. But I would do is I would, I would still shop around. I mean, I would, I would apply for other schools in the Alabama. Issue, the, the issue with wanting to look at different schools is uh, my dad isn't in the best of health and Auburn's like, 15 minutes from my house. So that was the reason is I could still take care of him and be able to go to school at the same time. I know it's not the cheapest school. There's other schools out there that would be a lot Are you the caregiver? Are you, are you his caregiver? Yes. You are. You are. Okay. Okay. So I wouldn't be able to go farther. Have you looked at an online option anywhere to get this degree? To get this degree? I've looked at Troy's online program and they're really expensive as well. I haven't, went really too far into it okay i would price out some colleges public colleges i would not go private um for online degrees and see what you can do because you i mean you, you being your dad's caregiver that's a that's a big um piece of this puzzle right uh what where's your mom yeah. in this situation uh they are divorced okay and what kind of health what kind of situation is he in health wise but um, it's just me and him. It's a uh, two-bedroom. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what What is his health condition that you have to be um, his oh, caregiver? Health. I thought you said health. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, bad. you're fine. Um, uh, he had a work accident in the 90s that left him, like, with uh, a broken neck and stuff. And it, he has, like, severe issues recovering from that. Okay. Is he on and, disability? Yes. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. So uh, him being on disability has been major for me as far as community college, because I haven't had to pay a dime for my community college yet. Well, and Michael, honestly, your situation, I mean, I I would I would look in because there's grants, there's scholarships. I mean, there's there's plans that you can actually go into because of your current situation. And and I would because, I mean, you are part you're a caregiver at 22 years old. And so. Um, yeah, what I would do is is either do online or find a way where you can do school at Auburn and work at the same time to cash flow. and cash flow it. And even if that means you have to maybe pause a semester, and I know you just got in and it's so exciting, but maybe you say, hey, I'm going to start back in January and I'm going to take the next nine months and work and save up some money and apply for scholarships and really get this handle, Michael, because if you are able to figure out a way to cash flow this money through working, through school choice, and through scholarships and grants, and then you graduate and you automatically are making forty thousand to fifty thousand up to sixty is what you said. But I mean, you're gonna be able to do so much with that income to be able to save quickly for a house, you're gonna be able to invest, you're gonna be able to really jumpstart this wealth building process is why you called is how do I create this wealth? And like George said earlier, it's not going deeper in the hole. So I know this is it's not the standard approach people take when it comes to college, but we've seen so much disaster when it comes to the student loan whole thing in this country. And it's just um, it's just held people back. And yeah. if you can make smart decisions now, Michael, which you have up until this point, I mean, I just want to applaud you. You've done such a great job. Um, if you can keep at that, it's going to be hard work. But when you can graduate mm-hmm. on a foundation, a solid financial foundation versus a financial hole, you're going to be able to just to run so much faster as a as a young you know in your early 20s while i was in um community college and in high school i was a radio station intern and i'm hoping that i could get use those like two three years of experience as an intern yeah to push and maybe get some sort of like job that would pay a a decent amount while i'm going to school in Auburn because there's a bunch of like radio stations there for sure no that's a great idea michael and i know some of our guys in the booth they all worked in the radio industry and i think like your early hours been late hours pay more possibly yeah so like i don't know so get creative with it too if you can um michael to to really grind it this is the time to grind it out yes. and i would do it but and you're you're smart and we are cheering you on and as a guy who graduated from a school in alabama with thirty six thousand dollars in student loan debt michael i'm telling you i see your future it's too bright don't do what i did i have a lot of regret and it slowed me down by years to where i could be with my wealth so best of luck my friend this is the ramsey show Hey guys, are you ready for the secret to help you reach those money goals that you've been dreaming about? It's simple. You got to get on a budget. With our budgeting app, Every Dollar, you'll get intentional with your money and build the habits that will make those dreams a reality. And we'll be with you every step of the way, from your first budget to that retirement home on the beach. Download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play. Remember, today, download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play today. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz. If you're looking for something fun to do this year, join us for our brand new event called Total Money Makeover Weekend right here in Nashville, Tennessee, up the hill from our headquarters at the new Ramsey Event Center. It's May 10th and 11th, and this is going to be an incredible weekend. We're going to give you a crash course on everything we teach about money. You're going to hear from every single Ramsey personality, Dave Ramsey, Jade Warshaw, Ken Coleman, Dr. John Deloney, Rachel Cruz, myself, 
And uh, this is going to be something different. It's going to be very interactive. There's a lot of Q&As. We're switching up the event content. And so no matter what baby step you're on, this is going to be an event that will light a fire under you. Whether you're in baby step one or seven, you're going to walk away with some hope and it'll be a good time. So early bird tickets start at just 99 bucks, but it's a limited time only. So if you want the best deal on tickets, this is it. We only can fit 2400 up in that event center. So don't miss out. Start putting this in the budget, get the transportation locked in, the flights, the hotels, and make it a fun weekend here in Nashville, May 10th and 11th. Get your tickets now at RamseySolutions.com slash events. And Smart Money Happy Hour Live, Rachel, on Friday night. I know. As part of Total Money Makeover Weekend. Which so if you ever want to witness it. might be the best part of the it, whole weekend, so. Your words, not mine. Don't miss it. It's going to be great. It'll be a great time, and uh, that's part of the event. So you're not paying extra to be yeah. a part of the live studio audience. And this event, you guys, you, you, I feel like people don't always realize the power of being in a room with 2,000 like-minded people, and Nashville's obviously a great destination city to come to. Uh, but but being part of something like this for a weekend, it's so it, it just it refuels you. you I don't know? want to it's say it's this... life changing, but it can be the start of life change. You yes. can look back and say that was the moment. That was the event. We, we hear said. that from so many people and even people out here. You know, when we meet people in the lobby as we're doing the show. Well, I went to this live event in Minneapolis or I was at that live event that you guys did in Cincinnati or I was here. It is the thing that kind of just jump starts you and it's a full experience and it's great just to dive in and we're going to do all new money content but wherever you are on the baby steps come hang out and then also john deloney and i are doing a money and marriage weekend in october oh and those, that's right yeah and those tickets are at ramseysolutions.com as well so that was a really fun packed weekend so come hang out with us you know we're, we're um, lots of opportunities yep having some open weekends for you guys come party some of y'all need to plan a trip some of y'all in baby step seven you still got that tight grip on all your money you're used to debt payoff Enjoy it. Make a trip out of it. Come see us. All right. Sarah is in Toledo, Ohio. Up next, Sarah, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I'm so excited. Sure. How can we help? So I'm getting married in June, and my fiancé and I are starting to look at how to set up a budget together and just kind of set ourselves up for success in that way once we're married. And we're just wondering how it would work since my income is so hit and miss. So I'm a full-time wedding photographer, and I've been full-time for almost two years now. Um, I pay myself anywhere from 1k a month to 10k a month after my business expenses. Um, my total income last year through my business was 40k, but my fiance makes a steady 65k a year. So, how can we set up a budget since my income varies so much? All right. So let's pretend this is post-wedding day. You guys have combined mm -hmm. finances. You have one bank account, and we're working on our first budget together. All right. So what you're going to do with a regular income, and this is important for anyone who has a regular income, commission jobs, sales jobs, you name it, seasonal jobs. What you're going to do is basically create a prioritized spending plan. So just like everyone else, you're going to list your income for that month, what you think it'll be. And if it changes, that's great. And most people have kind of a baseline. Like, you know, your worst month is going to be 1K. Mm -hmm. So list that plus your husband's income. And then below that, you'll have all of your expenses. And you're going to start with the priorities. So this for you guys would be food, utilities, shelter, transportation, giving, insurance. And then if there's more money left over in your every dollar budget, you can start to go into the luxuries, the subscriptions, maybe this travel savings fund, the sinking funds, all that good stuff. And so that's how it works with okay. a regular income. And there might be some months where it's tight. You might some have some amazing months where you create kind of a 
a peaks and valleys fund where you go, all right, we had a, I had 10K this month. We're going to put this money aside to cover when I have a 1K month. Right. And so that okay. will also help you when it comes to a regular income. Yeah. As a photographer, Sarah, do you know, uh, how do you do your payment? Do they do a deposit when they um, hire you? And then after the wedding, they get the rest of the amount or how does that work? So it's also difficult because a lot of clients prefer to do things differently. So some clients, you know, their parents are paying for it or whatever, and they just want to pay for it right up front when they book me. Um, I do require a 25% deposit from everyone. Okay. But then after that, um, it's up to them on how they want to pay it. As long as it's due, you know, everything's paid off a month before the yeah. wedding. Well, the good thing, yeah. you know, and unless it's like a spontaneous wedding, but the, you know, there is a, there is a benefit that you have a date out set out there. So you can look out and say, okay, in October, here's two weddings have they put down the 25% or have they already paid me? You know, you're, you're able to kind of forecast right. it a yeah. little bit, which is great. That's, that's a, that's an awesome mm-hmm. thing to your advantage. Um, and if anything, then, you know, spontaneously someone hires you and puts down a 25% deposit you weren't expecting that month. And you're like, Oh, well, there you go. Uh, but being able to forecast out a lot uh, with your calendar, I think is going to be helpful too. But I think that peaks mm-hmm. and valleys fund that George mentioned is huge. Like if you can have just kind of a side, account and say, yeah, here's our standard operating budgets. If we have a, you know, a huge month, we're going to put some aside, maybe enjoy some of it, right? You want to enjoy some of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But on those super low months, you can pull a couple of grand from it and not feel bad about it because that's what it's there for to sustain those things that you really do need throughout that month. And Sarah, one of the best things to do is to learn to live on that spouse's salary with a stable income. If you can do that, then anything you bring in is gravy. If we can if we can plan on living off of that 65k a year, yep. then anything that I'm bringing in can go into what exactly? I mean, because since I'm self-employed, I don't have like retirement or anything like that. Um, well, you still have so options. Yeah, just, you can open a SEP right. IRA. There's a solo 401k. So don't think and Roth IRA and anyone with earned mm-hmm. income can do that. So you still have lots of options. And you have to set aside money for taxes. And so quarterly estimated taxes right. needs to go yeah. into a separate account. I am account. putting 30% every month into a separate savings account. Good. For taxes. So do you guys have any debt? Um, we do. I have um, 6K in student loans that I'm paying off. And then um, I have a car and he has a truck. And he also just bought a home. So. Ah, Okay. So let's yeah. focus on that consumer debt and you focus on yours until you're married. He focuses on his mm-hmm. and let's try to make as much progress before the wedding day because that's going to help you guys out. But right. if you're asking what to do with the extra money, you would apply it to whatever baby step you're on. So right now you guys are probably in baby step two. You have $1,000 in the bank, but yeah. we're working yep, on this consumer debt. And then it'll yeah. be the emergency fund once you're out of debt. And then it'll be, we got to invest 15% of our income and the rest can go to you know increased giving and once you, you know, paint off the house early that you guys will have together. And so there'll always be a home for that money, but you've got to be making that every dollar budget and assigning a dollar to a job. Otherwise it will float away into new equipment. <laughs> As you know, that's part right. of the joy of, of in being in your field is there's always a new toy to get. Yes, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to gift you every dollar well, premium as a, as a little wedding gift, Sarah. And uh, you you and your thank spouse, you. okay. future spouse, can work on that together. And uh, it's fun that you've been a part of so many wedding celebrations as the photographer. Now you get to have your own. Who's going to do your photography? It is. We're actually eloping and getting married in California. Wow. So oh, I love it. So you've yeah. seen so many weddings, you're like, we don't need that. Who needs <laughs> to spend 50 <laughs> exactly, grand on a party? Yeah. <laughs> 
That's great, Sarah. That's so exciting. Well, congratulations. We're we're excited for you. And what a great, I mean, what a great place to start out. I mean, they're making great money. Yeah. Uh, And to be able to knock out this debt and and start it, I mean, it's it's great. So great. So hang on the line, Sarah. We're going to send you every dollar premium. That's going to allow you to set up that money. And what's really cool is with the premium version, there's a, a feature called paycheck planning. And it'll forecast exactly when and if you might run out of money. So this is a great thing for those with a regular income to help you figure out, oh, I got to move that bill around. I got to change the due date there because I'm going to have a high chance of overspending this month. So check out all the features in Every Dollar Premium. It connects to your bank account. There's a financial roadmap tool. So many great things to use there. And that is our wedding gift to you, even if you don't invite us, which there won't be a wedding. There are low What if George and I, I know, what if we showed up at the... It's worst places ceremony. to visit. Just me and you, Rachel. Someone asked me to uh, to do their wedding. I'm very excited for that. I got to get one of those online courses now. Pastor hey, George. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey, if you want to make real progress with your money and get that extra push to keep going, then you need to be at our brand new event, the Total Money Makeover Weekend on May 10th and 11th. Join me, the rest of the personalities, and a community of people like you at Ramsey Headquarters for new talks, new focus, and new motivation to stay gazelle intense on your money goals. Early bird tickets start at just $99, so don't wait. Get yours at RamseySolutions.com slash weekend. I'm George Camel. She's Rachel Cruz. This is The Ramsey Show. Open phones at 888 5225. We got a lot more shows where that came from on the Ramsey Network. All the Ramsey personalities pretty much have shows, including uh, the Rachel Cruz Show on YouTube, Smart Money Happy Hour, which Rachel and I co-host, and my own YouTube channel. That's been uh, a lot of fun. We bring some snark and entertainment and memes You've had some good with ones. financial advice. And uh, the Millionaires and Cars series, George. You were great. you were a great guest for that oh, series. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. You've had some fun guests. Go watch though. that. We tool around in cars and get coffee and talk about building wealth. And uh, Dave Same. did better than you as far as views, but you were the I think the oh, second. I'm not, second, I'm not shocked. I'm second, number two. I think so. Nice. I'll take the I'll take the silver medal. She's competitive. I knew that would get to her. It's fine. It's Dave. We expect it. Well, we went to the barn with Dave, and so we had a whole experience. Oh, it was a special. It was a special that's time. That's good. That's good. Some and he bonding. made me coffee with the coffee wow. machine, which was a struggle. Turns out, <laughs> almost didn't get there. So go tune in for that. <laughs> search George Camel with a K on YouTube and search Rachel Cruz on YouTube and tune into those shows. Leah is in Chattanooga, Tennessee. What's going on, Leah? Hey, I hope y'all are doing well. It's kind of weird talking to y'all after listening to y'all all the time. <laughs> well, um, we're glad you're here. We're honored. <laughs> um, so I have hopefully a quick question, um, but been kind of looking at, we're on baby step two so trying to pay off debt um my husband and i both only have student loans uh he has about thirty-eight thousand, and mine's about uh sixteen thousand. and so we have actually been over the past few years uh really focusing on mine um and knocking it down because um prior to me going to school my parents kind of told me that they would pay for my undergrad degree or my undergrad loans um, upon graduation and as long as I paid for, you know, my grad school and everything else that I did extra. So we've paid off completely my grad school loans, but the 16000 is only my undergraduate loans. And so I guess my main question is even since my parents are paying for it, does that 
still go within our debt snowball or should we focus on um, my husband's and then our our original plan is focused on my husband's loans. And then if we were done with his, if mine were still lingering, then we were just going to knock them out. But are your parents just making the minimum payment on yours? What's, what's the agreement for your parents to pay this off? Yeah, so they're just making the minimum payment. So throughout the years, I have actually put additional to the undergrad loans with, um, I've gotten a couple um, like loan repayments through work and um, like with the COVID stipends and all the extra um, like tax refunds, we have been like putting to my undergrad loans as well. But right now it's just the minimum um, that they are making. Are these loans solely in your name? Yes. Okay. Well, this is your debt, and it sounds like they're not able to just like knock it out based on the fact not they're making minimum payments. Well, I mean, based yeah, on the fact they're making minimums, it's going to take years and years for them to pay this off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what I would do, and I maybe, who knows? Who knows how this I'm is going to go? I'm curious to see what Rachel has to say. I, I mean, there's a part of me that would say, you know, if they've said that they'll pay it, and that was y'all's agreements. I would be okay paying off the husband's thirty eight thousand. Um, because how much do you guys make a year? Um, probably about one ten and it'll go up. Um, my husband will be graduating probably in December. Um, or not probably. He will be graduating in December with his graduate degree. So it'll go up next year, but I mean for the rest of this year it'll be about one ten, one ten. Okay. Okay. Because a part of me would go ahead and just tackle the 38000 while your parents keep the minimum payment going with the other one because that's not cash out of your pocket. You could take what, what you know, that would be putting towards the 38000 And then, like you said, when you get back around, see what it's down to. And then at that point, I'd probably just knock it out. Um, but I would let them because, I mean, that they said that they would pay it. So there's a part of me that would go ahead and mm-hmm. just let them keep their word. But I don't want that debt in my name forever, ever, and amen. And that's what's going to end up happening with your parents. But for the time being, go ahead and let them pay the minimum payment while you guys attack that 38,000. And then when you look at it, um, yeah, to be able to say, okay, at this point, we want to just pay it off because we don't want this debt around. That's what I would do, mm-hmm. George. Would yeah. you would you pay off the sixteen thousand? I like first? the plan. Well, I just keep thinking if there's if there's high interest on this and they're and depending on the plan repayment plan, the balance could go up over time. So I just mm. I don't know the whole situation and uh, you know, that's for you to do some homework on, but I just hate this stuff lingering and it is in your name legally, regardless of what they said. And so that's where mm-hmm, I yeah. always go back to it. This is your debt and I hope they I mean, it doesn't sound like they've ever missed a payment or that they plan to. But you just never know. There's still risk here yep. with it being in your Yeah, name. and if something goes sideways with all of this and they say, I can't pay it, then I would pause the 38000 payment on payments on that and then go to the sixteen and pay it off aggressively. And part of me, I don't mm-hmm. know if this would ever oh. work, but I'm wondering, do you use the debt snowball method? You pay off all the debt and essentially they pay you that sixteen grand over however long it takes them. You know, yeah, which you is still weird. I know. I just think this the whole there's a relational piece of this that I don't I like. Know, I just I want this gone as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So would you pay yeah, off the sixteen first? All, would you go ahead and just knock well, it out? Are these all separate debts? Are these all listed? You know, are these all multiple student loans making these all up? Yes. So mine is probably I think it's around maybe eight kind of smaller ones. So they're yeah. like the ones on mine are are some of them are actually really small. So like we could knock out probably a few of them, um, like this month or two or the next couple months easily. Um, and, but then my husband's, um, 
he mainly has one that's really that's like half of his loans and then the rest of are broken Smaller. up maybe about six or seven more yeah yeah i mean i'm still good with rachel's plan i think it's wise to do that but i would also be in conversation with them about what mm-hmm. are we doing to really knock this out versus just maintain the balance mm-hmm. yeah the hard okay. thing is with it though you know you can't control what they what they do so hear me say though leah that again I would be okay with knocking out the 38000 because, again, there's multiple little loans. You guys can still get that effect of the debt snowball when you separate those all out, knock his out, and then then go back and knock out the sixteen. though. I don't want that sixteen hanging around forever. Mm-hmm. And either way, yeah, making 110 plus, you're going to knock this, yes, your husband's yeah. loans out real fast. Mm-hmm. So make okay, a plan thank for that. You. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe the next you know six to eight months, we're knocking his out, and then we're focused on yours. And helping mom and dad get rid of this and say, thanks, mom and dad, for the help. But yep. it's not worth letting these linger. Oh, anytime that's there's debt hard. and relationships, it just gives me a little bit of... I know, I know. And and that's what's burn. difficult is, again, so many parents, it's in such goodwill to say, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll pay for the school, but obviously she takes the loan out in her name. That's the weird part. It's like, well, we'll pay for it after the fact, after the loan's in your name, collecting interest. Right, versus right. Versus... They just don't have the money to cover it. So it's a sort of promise down the road. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So then it just kind of sits there and lingers. And there's a part of you that's like, okay, well, they, you know, they're keeping their word now. So not that you're taking advantage of your parents, but you're taking advantage of the situation that they promised you. Right. Um, So it's not money coming out of your pocket. You know, they're paying for it. But again, what ends up happening is this is it. And then life happens. Something happens to the parent situation. They're not able to pay. And then. You know, thankfully, she's in a great, Leah's in a great position because she's aware of all of this and knows she wants to get out. But for a lot of people, George, you know, they they feel like they got screwed where they're like, oh my gosh, I have this $16,000 loan I wasn't expecting, but my dad, they can't retire and they're having, you know what I mean? Like life just ends yeah. up happening. That's why you never want to mix money, debt, all of it with family. It's just, it And does. we've seen the opposite side where the parent took out the parent plus loan for the kid and the debt is in the parent's name. The yes. kid's not paying. Yes. And now the parent can't retire because they've got six figures of debt that they took on on behalf of their kids. That's right. And it just hurts the relationship and it creates tension that doesn't need to exist. And so I know well-meaning parents are out there, but this is not worth it. You got to let your kid make the choices they're going to make and you got to do what's best for you. Yep. But intermingling this always causes pain in the end. So makes it difficult. Student loans, man. Like they're going to be around for a while, Rachel. <laughs> Not going anywhere, George. Just going up. And we aren't either. That's we'll right. be back. That's right. More like of that your seg- call. Like that was that really seg- smooth. That like was that a segue? Ken Coleman transition if yeah. I've ever seen one. Yeah, there you go. Just learning from the best. Wow. Driving from the passenger seat. <laughs> I like that. More of your calls coming up. 888-825-5225. We'll be back. Our scripture of the day, Jeremiah 1.19. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Mark Twain once said, Keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that, but the really great make you feel that you too can become great. That's, That's good. Nice. I like That's that. nice, Mark. Thank you. George, you can do anything you want. Dream Well, I big. thought it was going to be a joke about small people, and I was going to be <gasps> offended. No! George, I'm here to I'm but here he meant to emotionally lift you up. mature maturity wise small. That's right. <laughs> yes. Thank you for always lifting me up, Rachel. You're so welcome. That's what friends are for. Oh boy. Open phones, triple eight, eight two five, five two two five. 
James joins us up up next in Atlanta, Georgia. What's going on, James? Hey guys, I just want to say thanks so much for your time. First of all, just grateful for y'all. Um, we're on baby step, somewhere between five and six, saving a little bit, but probably not enough for college. But we feel like a little bit of an impasse now because we're a double income family, but feeling Lord call my wife to stay at home with our two young boys. We're two under two. So my question is, what should we do with our house to enable her to be able to do that? Because we did not plan for that when we bought our home. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what's your income now, and what would it drop to if your wife was not working well, outside the home? Yeah, it's about 144 take-home, um, and that's after 401k and all that, too. And it'll, it'll drop to about 61 take-home. Okay. And based on all that math, how much of your mortgage would that take up every month? Yeah, the mortgage as it stands with HOA and property tax is thirty six, which is thirty six a month, which is twenty five percent about of our current. But obviously, it would blow past that with the new um, income that's single yeah. income. So we're looking; we would have to be around eighteen sixty, yeah, to be twenty five percent monthly. And it sounds like her; she's bringing them uh, the majority of the income for the household right now, right? Yeah, she is, George. I'm, I'm in ministry, so she's a blessing to us. <laughs> ah, man, that's tough. So are you wondering, do we move in order to make this work? Well, it feels we came here um, for a new role just to help serve the community. Um, and we're in a high, we think, an area that will appreciate really fast, which is great in the long term. But now we feel this is the priority above anything financial is getting her at home. Um. So we feel like we have to sell to get to that monthly 25% rule and, or, and enable, to enable us to afford her being able to do that. Yeah. So we feel like we have to sell, but our impasse is what do we do? Do we go to renting? You know, we have a big stock portfolio that's been a blessing to us from our parents. I'm like, do we use that to do some kind of move? How much money's in there? Like, it's about 300000 Wow. What's left on your mortgage? Uh, about... 470. Okay. Ooh. I mean, I would definitely, if you could knock out the mortgage by liquidating the stock portfolio, that would definitely allow you to stay at the home that you're currently in and allow her to stay at home. Right. But there's a gap right now. Yeah, it's 170 is left. What's the, what's the timeline here? Could she, for example, could you guys, could she work for another year or two? Or is this like, hey, this needs to happen now? Yeah, it doesn't. We're open. Our oldest is turning two in a couple of weeks, and we have a six month old. So we just feel so burdened to make it happen as soon as possible. But we're trying to do that wisely and be patient and, you know, doing it the right way. So we're open on that. We don't necessarily have a, a firm timeline. I will say November is our two year mark for capital gains. Um, so that's not that huge of mm. big of a deal to us, but it's, it's, it matters a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think through the options. I'm wondering if there's a situation where if you applied the $300,000 to the current mortgage and did a mortgage recast, which would cost you a few hundred yeah. bucks, it would then lower your monthly payment to where it would be, you know, you'd be on a $170,000 mortgage. Yeah, we thought about that. We thought about throwing it all at the mortgage without a recast, which doesn't move the monthly, but takes away more interest, you know, with principal you know, yeah, the interest is how much. Do you, right how much do you love the house, James? We, I mean, we're it's a blessing. Don't get me wrong, but it's a three by three, so we're on top of each other. We would love more space to have a room to host family, so we would sell if we could. 
And we think we could probably make 120 if we sold to get back what we put into it, which means if we put that on top of the 300 from stock, we're working with something significant. Yeah. Um, then where would you go? Yeah, we don't know. We don't, we don't know. Somewhere in the area, hopefully. Um, and to throw a wrench in it all, there's actually a house that's far away from where we currently are, but near our family that we could probably live rent free. But the problem is there's no ministry jobs out there that I can find. So we're just uh, trying to weigh what's best. <laughs> Oof. And do you have any other debt? No, you're on baby steps five and six, you said. I'm sorry. Yeah, no other yeah. debt. Just, well, just... we know we know the options are we can't stay in this house if she decides to stay home. Unless right. you look into that mortgage recast situation and you can bring down that monthly payment to be closer to 25%. And that's not a hard and fast rule, but it sounds like you're going to be 60% of your take-home pay going toward the mortgage if you do this move. Yeah. And that is not sustainable. Yeah. So yeah. your options yeah, are either I mean, go rent think, somewhere if you sell. Well, and James, and I think that there's, you know, um, a reality too. And, and I think what you do in ministry is amazing. And, you know, we we love people that serve our country, that serve people in their communities and all of it. But, you know, that is a choice, you know, that you, you're you in this line of work and it yields yep. $60,000. So there's a lifestyle choice there, right? That, that you guys as a family together say, hey, we value this work and feel called to it. It's a higher calling for you. And that's going to have to then reflect your lifestyle as well. So there is a part of me that would say, you know, I, I part of me just hates liquidating $300,000 of stock just for a mortgage. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like there, And there probably is going to be some tax burden with yeah, that. Yeah. So there, there's just something about it that I, 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 I would almost just, I mean, I don't know, James, there's a part of me that's like, you know, you got two little kids you're in ministry and your wife wants to stay home and it's like, all right, these are not wrong decisions, but our lifestyle has to reflect that. And so it may mean a smaller house and you know, you're going to get some great equity in this. I mean, I know the interest rates and all of that are crazy and all that, but I mean, I would just look at a smaller place that you guys can afford on your salary. And then in four or five, six years when the kids go to school, if she's like, yeah, I kind of want to get back into the workforce, then, then we can make different decisions then. But I just know as a mom, when you feel that, that pull to stay home and you have the ability to, like you guys do by making a couple of choices, it's worth it to me. I mean, I think, I mean, a house is a house. Do you know what I mean? Like, But having peace and, and joy in your family and making these decisions of what you guys want your family to look like, that feels more important to me than a house. So I would be looking at a, and it's going to be a smaller house. It's not going to be bigger. You may not get the room to host families and all of that, but that's okay. You're you, you make 60 grand in ministry and that's great. And we're going to, we're going to have a life that reflects that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So with, with making that move, because we, you know, we're definitely on the same page. We're not expecting the moon here. Uh, we'll do whatever it takes because we think that's, um, what's the, like you said, the highest calling looking at the suggested, you know, 15 year fixed on a mortgage to get within the 1860 a month. It's like we could afford a really, really bad home. <laughs> you know, that's not sustainable. So how would you guys recommend structuring another mortgage with rates, what they are and trying to get within that 25% rule? I guess if I threw enough of the cash down, it would it would kind of get under that. Is that what you'd recommend? Yeah, I mean, I would take the one twenty, and then maybe take you know what you need. Ma- from the maybe stocks. maybe a hundred or so from the stock. I mean, I don't know. You'll have to run the numbers, but that's two hundred twenty thousand to put down on a house, and that should get you guys a really really great head start. Would you Would you say? Yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I would do, and. Um, yeah, I mean that—that's the move I probably would make. Honestly, I wish there was a magic way to give you everything you want. But I know I just don't know if I would liquidate three hundred thousand dollars of stock 
for a mortgage. Just to keep a the house, house. Just to keep a house while you still will have $170,000 left on a mortgage yeah. to keep up for, you know what I mean? And that's where the recast could help because that will bring the payment down to... That's right. The that's payment right. Would, would you be do on that? Would you? If they really want to have the cake and eat it too and stay in the home and have her stay at home, that would be what I would do. Yeah. I don't know what the stock portfolio is for, but I feel like it's for a time such as this. Yeah. To yeah, give yeah, them yeah. the life they yeah. want. So and look so, at the recast, James. Um, and if it's not a great option for you guys, yeah. then you probably will have to sell. Yeah. Now, I don't want to over-spiritualize it, but I feel like when the Lord calls you to something, usually there's some intense sacrifice involved. And so yeah. that's part of the deal. Thank you for that. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to my co-host, Rachel Cruz, all the folks in the booth, including Ken Coleman, who is uh, just trying to entertain us right now in the booth. Appreciate that, Ken. And you, America, will be back before you know it. Until next time, spend wisely, save intentionally, and give generously. If you're a leader, your personal growth matters for your organization because whatever you lead can only grow as much as you do. I know from experience. I've been CEO of Ramsey Solutions for over 30 years, and now I'm sharing that leadership and business coaching experience with you on the Entree Leadership Podcast. I'm taking your calls and helping you figure out how to overcome challenges within your organization. One episode could change your business. Check it out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or on the Ramsey Network app.